John, our special guest this week is the owner of the New York Mets, Steve Cohn. Yes, very interested to hear what he has to say. I will touch on all the different subjects that everyone wants to hear about. Uh, Certainly uh, Diaz, uh, Alonzo, the Correa negotiations, how he feels about the team now. And, uh, you know, he's a great guest and uh, really looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Yep, we'll talk uh, to Steve Cohn about all that. John and I are going to talk about one of their top prospects, Brett Beatty. Does he make the team? We're going to talk about one of the Yankees' top prospects, Anthony Volpe. Does he make the Yankees? We'll discuss the WBC. John was at the event, and we'll do more if you stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Hayden. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. John, you were at the WBC final, which to me, uh, I think had the greatest end game since Bob Welsh versus Reggie Jackson, bigger than that worldwide, right? And the same result where the pitcher strikes out the hitter, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout. What'd you think of uh, last night when we're talking and what'd you think of this tournament? Yeah, I mean, what are the chances it came down to that? A one-run game, thanks to the Schwarber home run, Trout at bat, uh, greatest hitter over the last quarter century against Otani. Uh, Marvel, really one of the going to be one of the greatest players of all time. And, uh, you know, he really rose to the occasion. That slider was absolutely unhittable. Uh, fastball at 100 miles an hour coming in as a closer. You know, I wonder what the Angels think about that. They need him ramped up and throwing uh, several innings. Darvish did the same, but uh, it was a, a thrilling World Baseball Classic. I never thought that the WBC would get to that. There was one point where only John Morosi seemed to be interested in it, nobody else. And now you've got 48 million viewers for Team Italy against Japan, which is, you know, not a close competition. And I think you had more for that last night had the game been on later in Japan. But uh, it was a perfect ending to a, a great WBC. You know, I left the tournament thinking two things in particular. Can you imagine having Otani and Trout not being able to make the playoffs? How great they are. And then I do think... We can definitively, because it's not a one-shot deal, I think Shohei Otani is the most talented player who's ever played baseball. Probably so. I mean, he's one of the 10 best pitchers in the game, and he is one of the 10 best sluggers. I mean, you weren't there for this, but the batting practice, and I had a lot of games at Marlins Park. It was incredible. I have never seen anything like it. And I asked Marlins people, they have never. it looked like there were golf balls shooting out to the back wall there. I mean, he was hitting it. Seemed like 50 feet 
farther than anybody else has ever hit in batting practice. And he doesn't normally take batting practice on the field, but he wanted to send a message. I don't know if he needed to send a message, but he did send a message. Uh, Definitively. And I think the WBC sent a message. It was, you know, for oftentimes to get national interest in baseball, we end up talking about steroids or brawls or controversy. People were talking about the games uh, that, that, that were being played. And it probably sounds ridiculous because we're older folks and we kind of like baseball, but it felt like baseball was cool there for a while. Like, like, like we were at the center of the conversation for what was going on about how talented and passionate the players were. Right. And, and baseball's on a roll right now. I mean, that pitch clock has been fantastic. I know there've been some complaints about it from some of the players. I don't think all, but uh, look, the minor league was adjusted uh, you know, obviously, uh, we have a, a horse in this race. We want it to be good for the deadlines. But beyond that, to cut the fat out of the game, I think you and I both agree on that. Something we absolutely agree on. It's been great for the sport. Now, in this case, where these games were huge and everybody was riveted, it was okay that the games were three hours or in one case, four hours. But regular season games at two and a half hours, that's enough time. So, uh I doubt baseball will do anything significant there. They'll listen. But uh, I think baseball's really uh, on a hot streak right now. Yeah, you know, the WBC, uh, the pitch clock, it reminds me that I should tell us we're having a a special pre-opening day live taping of the show next Tuesday, which is March 28th at 6 p.m. at the Ainsworth, which is in Midtown, 33 East 45th Street. And our special guest, John, that day is the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, We're going to be starting at 6 p.m. If you want to get there a little earlier, that's when the questions will start. You get there a little earlier, John and I will juggle. We'll uh, do some other things to entertain you. But uh, certainly join us if you can. John, the storyline, one of the big storylines as we complete, you and I are talking with about a week to go until opening day. So teams have to do their final roster. And it's getting really interesting. Brett Beatty still in camp with the Mets. Anthony Volpe is still in camp with the Yankees. Why don't we start with the Yankees? Is Anthony Volpe going to make the Yankees? Well, I was there for more than a week, and I think he should. It's easy for me to say. I mean, he's not my prospect. Um, You know, I I know the Yankees are perceived as conservative. It feels like there are people above who want him on the team. It feels like, and again, nobody's saying anything because they don't want to take sides in this race. And obviously, Peraza did a nice job for the month that he played last year. You know, it feels like the the clubhouse believes that Volpe should be on the team. Uh, Great kid, Jersey boy. Uh, I think he'll be good with the bigger bags and the no throwover, fewer throwovers. I think he can steal bases. He can certainly hit. I think he can play shortstop. He's certainly great at second, and uh, he looks like a major leaguer to me. So I'd like to see him on that team. It's a tough numbers game if they're not able to trade. It's really a Torres thing. Kind of Falep is a backup player now. He's the 26th player. The question is about Torres, and if Torres is on the roster, it feels like they could only take Peraza or Volpe. And I'm now starting to wonder, at the beginning of spring training, I just assumed if only one was going to make it, it was going to be Peraza as the starting shortstop. I think it's conceivable now that Volpe is the starting shortstop and then they'll work through the season. And I think at some point Peraza will get up. But if this was really a try to win a job, prove you belong, prove your skills translate to the major league level, to your point, John, it feels like he's done that and he is their top prospect. 
Yeah, I mean, they said it was a derby. He's clearly winning the derby. I mean, we still got a week to go, as you said. But, I mean, I was there fairly recently. I know you've been there a lot. To me, it, it feels like he's won the job. Yeah, I'm going back. I'm in Met Camp now. I'm going back there for the end. I'm going to be there when the decision's made. Uh, but I am in Met Camp. And look, uh, as I'm speaking to you this morning, uh, their top prospect, the Mets, Francisco Alvarez, was sent to the minor leagues. There was some question, you know, could he make it maybe DH catcher? He didn't. He had some troubles at the plate. The Mets say they're very happy with him as a catcher. He'll go down, uh, you know, first injury. I'm sure he'll be brought back up. But the guy who's still in camp is Brett Beatty. Our colleague Mike Puma wrote about this a few days ago that maybe he went from the outside to the inside. What do you think? Yeah, I still don't think Beatty's going to make the team. Uh, I think they want him to develop to play every day as a third baseman. It's tough to do that with the Mets. I could see a lane where he's the DH. Uh, but really, with Vogel back there and also left-handed, it's really not there for him. I mean, to me, Escobar is the third baseman. So I, I'm not sure how they would work it with Beatty on the team. And he needs to be playing third base because he's their third baseman of the future. And so I, I think it's a long shot that Beatty makes the team. I, I know the fans are going to be saying, make him the DH. He's going to hit more than Vogel back and certainly rough. I get that. But uh, if he's the DH, he's not learning third base. So uh, I'm still thinking that's not going to happen, but still, it's still up for debate. He's still there and he's had a big spring. Yeah. You know, John, I'll be surprised if uh, the Mets open the season in Miami and Milwaukee. I'll be surprised if we get to opening day and Darren Ruff is on the roster. Uh, I could imagine that he might make the team out of spring training, but I think that they probably internally know that was a mistake. He may be shaken up about playing here. And there probably is a way at that point to just decide that you can make Beatty the third baseman against all right-hand pitching, at least make Escobar the right-handed DH. Uh, and both guys get plenty of at bats that way. I, I think there's an avenue for it. I think that Beatty, like Volpe, has answered a lot of questions here. And I think he's, if I was playing the 50-50 game, I, I'm I'm not 75 or 90%. Can I be 52% that I think he's got a real shot now? Well, I think he's going to play a significant role at some point this year. It's just at the very beginning, the opening day, which is kind of what we're talking about, Still tough for me to see it because they want him to be playing third base and they have a third baseman. It's a little different when you have a guy on $10 million contract like Escobar. Peraza does not have a $10 million contract. You know, I, I think Volpe to me has a clearer lane at the moment, but I do agree that Bainey's should get significant at bats at some point this year. And I could see certainly rough going and, uh, Beatty getting at bats in some way that you kind of devised there. But uh, again, at the beginning, I think they want to play in third base. Yeah, well, it will be interesting to see what happens. There's obviously a lot of Met questions. And who's a better guest to talk about with a lot of Met questions than the owner, Steve Cohn, who joins us next on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, 
all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman. And uh, we have a repeat guest uh, that we're thrilled to have. It's the owner of the New York Mets, Steve Cohn. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. You're joining us from your uh, your office in Stamford. We appreciate that. Um, uh, so just uh, the first thing I that comes to my mind is the WBC. I think everyone would generally think that this was a very, very successful tournament for the sport writ large. But for two teams, there was unfortunate results, right? The Astros lost perhaps the best leadoff hitter in the sport in Jose Altuve, to an injury and the Mets lost probably the best relief pitcher in the sport, Edwin Diaz. And I just wonder what it makes you think about the event. Well, I thought the event was incredible. I, I mean, the, the, I mean, when you look at the quality of the games and the excitement, I mean, I just thought it was an incredible uh, an event thrown by MLB and, and, and uh, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate what happened to, uh, you know, Edwin and, uh, and then Altuve too. I mean, I guess that's what's what's going to happen when you play baseball. People do get injured. Either, you know, Edwin's injury obviously incredibly freakish, and um, you know, I mean, you could argue you could you could hold it after the season as opposed to in front of the season. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there'll be tweaks and stuff like that. But from a standpoint of what's you know best for baseball and and. Uh, the, the amount of uh, viewership and excitement around it. I mean, you, you couldn't have scripted it any better. And I, I think from a long-term perspective, it's phenomenal for baseball. Steve, I, I want to follow up on that. Uh, I'm not sure if you were watching at the time, but what was your reaction if you were watching or if you just heard it uh, when you saw that Diaz went down? And is there any chance that uh, he could come back this year? They said eight months, which it doesn't sound good. It sounds like through October, which is – just as bad as it could be, but just wanted to see if there was any chance there. And also, I, I know you had insurance, or I think you had insurance, as well as the WBC insurance, which you're paying premiums on. So do you get the insurance money from both places? And does this in any way help your luxury tax? Do they deduct the $18.5 million salary of Diaz from your payroll in terms of the luxury tax? There's a sixth question in the- <laughs> well, I know you're a smart guy and you can remember. I'm sorry, I, couldn't, I couldn't write them down. I got to like, what the hell you just, how many questions you just asked? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we're going to get insurance back. It's, you don't, you know, we have, we had our own insurance policy. MLB had uh, their policy covering the players that they're and essentially they're not, it, I don't get paid twice. Um, but, you know, we will get a significant um, part of uh, Edwin's, you know, salary for next year for back. Um, you know, so that's uh, you know, obviously, you know, that's a consolation prize from you know, obviously, a you know, horrific uh, injury to Edwin, and 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 uh, obviously, listen, it's hard to replace a guy like that, but you know, that's the way sports is and baseball is. You're going to have injuries, don't know when, 
And listen, I think we've built a lot of depth uh, in this team. And, and um, so, you know, it's, it's the old next man up kind of attitude. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as him coming back, um, it's probably eight months. You know, there are examples where they've come back, you know, athletes with this type of injury have come back uh, six months. And so uh, we'll have to see, right? I mean, it's too early, too, too early to tell. And uh, but if he comes back, he's coming back very late in the season, if at all. Yeah, let's see if I could limit this to one question. I'll let John ask the multi-pronged ones. Uh, the, 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 what, what I would ask is just because we mentioned the insurance, you mentioned next man up. The, one of the stories of the offseason is obviously where you took your payroll for uh, 2023. It's a record. Uh, I wonder how comfortable you are with that. And if you think you've made the sport uncomfortable with where you've taken it. Actually, that was two now that I think of it. Yeah. I mean, I can see this is a, you know, going to be a, a test of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> questioning. Uh, so, uh, yeah, listen, I mean, you know, I, I, I knew that, um, you know, given the state of the uh, Mets farm system that I was going to have to bridge, um, uh, you know, to get to the point where actually some of our young players would actually start to uh, impact the team. And um, it was hard. There was no way to know that it would go as high as it did. Um, I think some of it had to do with the amount of uh, uh, inflation that we saw uh, in the deals. I mean, uh, I think the deals were up significantly versus last year or the year before. And so um, and that was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, I, I expected inflation, but but um, you know, actually see it in the numbers is always shocking. And um, so, obviously, I had to go further than I wanted to go. But I mean, I was going to uh, put a team on the field that you know was going to be you know really competitive, and that was the goal. And so, yeah, listen, I'm following the rules in baseball. I think I've said that before. They laid out the rules. I'm following them. Um, and uh, but ultimately, and I keep stating this over and over again, um, that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna one of the markers of success isn't you know one is obviously going to be win a World Series, but another marker will be uh, you know develop a farm system that is sustainable. Uh, we're producing great players, and um, and uh, that'll be another mark of success for me over the long term. And if we do that, then, you know, you would expect our payroll to come down over time. Um, by our estimates, I, I'm not sure what your estimates are. You're at $364 million payroll, which is about $64 million more than last year and more than the record. I think the Dodgers were also around $300 million last year. How comfortable are you going to be going forward in terms of the deadline increasing that payroll it felt like even with that 90 percent tax you were unfazed as we all know you you had a deal for Correa and we're going to move it even higher so I, I'm going to I don't like to assume but I'm going to assume you're still willing to go higher than where you are now and to me it doesn't seem like you're phased are you phased at all by this 90 percent most people don't like to pay tax but 90 and 90 percent is pretty high uh does it concern you at all yeah, listen, nobody wants to. Every dollar I spend is going to be two. And, you know, every, everybody has their limits. Uh, saying that, if we get to the deadline and we're right in there, uh, obviously we're getting a, re, uh, a rebate on, on Edwin's salary for the year. So that, that should help. And uh, so that gives us a little bit more room to play around. You know, Steve, one of the things we haven't seen is 
look, if you're going to have this kind of payroll, I'm assuming you're going to hold people accountable to having this kind of payroll. What what happens in Steve Cohn world if when Steve Cohn gets mad within the baseball world, if his team isn't performing to the dollars? Well, I mean, it really depends on why we're not performing. If we're not performing because we have injuries, um, you know, obviously that, you know, the day after Edwin's injury, it looked like Nimmo got hurt really bad. And so turned out not to be the case. So you just never know. And, um, but, you know, I'm getting more seasoned as an owner. And I think there's always dispersion and results year to year. I mean, last year we had 101 wins and, um, you know, you just, you just can't count on everything going right every year saying that we have, we have a very strong roster. And, and the other thing I'm counting on is some of our young players that are pretty much on the cusp. I suspect as the year goes on, we're going to start seeing those players come up uh, and play and play a significant role on the team. And um, so, um, um, yeah, I, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, it's, I always say it's so hard to predict the future, right? So we'll just have to, um, let it play out. And, uh, but, um, you know, listen, I, am I going to get mad? I, it, yes, it, there's so there's so many things that can happen in this sport that, um, I'm usually pretty cool. So we'll see. You know, I was up at the owners meeting a month ago and uh, you were there as well, obviously. Um, you know, I heard from some of the other owners that there were owners supposedly mad at you for spending uh, so much in their mind. Yet when I talked to them, uh, all they said to me was they repeated what you had said earl- earlier, which is that you're playing within the rules and that they were impressed that you showed up. Uh, was there any hesitation to go did you find any back backlash at all? And uh, do you concern yourself at all uh, with what the other owners think? There, I held it to three questions. Yeah, I mean, listen, there were a couple of free meals I was getting there, so I figured <laughs> I was able to save money from uh, you know going out to a restaurant. But uh, listen, I mean, you know, it's the, I, you know, I'm developing good relationships with the owners. And my my attitude on that, we don't have to agree on everything. You know, this, I'm not going to agree with them on some things. They're not going to agree with me on other things. And um, but it doesn't mean that we can't sit in a room together or have a meal together and enjoy each other's company and and get to know each other and and understand each other. And and so um, yeah, and that's the way it felt when I was there. I don't know why anybody didn't think I would show up. Right? I mean. Um, you know, I, I'm comfortable doing what I'm doing. And, uh, and actually, you know, the response from the owners was generally pretty good. I had some funny responses from different owners. I had one owner come up to me and say, you know, I really love what you're doing. It was a small market owner. And I said, really? I go, tell me why. He goes, well, he goes, what you're doing, what the large market clubs did to the small market clubs, you're doing to the large market clubs. And I thought <laughs> that's good. And I thought that was funny, you know. So, you know, I mean, it's that you know there is a camaraderie there, and, and a lot of good people. So, uh, you know, I had a good time; it was enjoyable. You know, Steve, you talked about uh, some of your prospects potentially coming through this year and having impact. I wonder for a person who clearly has shown 
where what he's willing to do with the payroll and what he's willing to do in understanding star power and what that means to your franchise. Do you think you have the kind of willpower, like it's going to be Otani this offseason, it's going to be Soto the offseason after that to resist? Or do you like, you got a beautiful piece of art behind you, do you like the beautiful pieces of art? And this is the way the Mets are going to operate each offseason. Well, like I said, it's, it's really hard to predict the future. I'm focused on this year. And uh, there's a lot to think about. And the season's about to start. And, you know, always optimistic at the beginning of the season. And, and uh, uh, I'm not going to worry about next year or the following year. And, and obviously take the recommendations of my baseball people. I allow them to, you know, I'm not interfering. You know, they make recommendations. I, I ask good questions. And, you know, whatever decisions we make, we make. And, you know, right now I'm focused on 23 and, and uh, you know, I don't find it particularly productive to look out too much further. My two cents, and that's all That's all I have in my account, uh, is sign Otani and then sign Soto. That is not true. <laughs> $2. I think that Otani and Soto will look good in a Mets uniform. But let's, let's talk about this year. What are your expectations? Have they changed? Uh, with Diaz going down at all, you still have big expectations for the Mets this year. And uh, I think I heard you say you the one thing you regret is maybe saying we're on a five year plan. We we should win the World Series within five. We hope to win the World Series within five years. Do you, do you still have that aspiration? And and this year is really my question. What, what do you think? Well, you know, the way I describe it is, you know, people come up to me and go, do you feel a lot of pressure you know, because you made that statement that, you know, three to five years and, you know, it was my first press conference and I think I joked with somebody else. I'd like to have, you know, I thought the press conference were really well, but I'd like to have that one back. Okay. Because you start to realize, you know, so many things can happen and a lot of great clubs that one year after year, their division, but didn't win a world series. So as quickly as you could imagine. So, you know, you need a little luck. You need your people to be healthy um and and then things fall your way but i you know i i'm gonna divulge something i really you know where i really feel like i'm under a lot of pressure um and i'm only going to divulge it to to you know you guys is that i know you guys are really anticipating what i'm going to say my father-in-law my father-in-law is 92 years old my wife has told me i gotta win a world series you know you know he's in great shape so I figure I got more time, but he's still 92. Okay. So, uh, and I'm, you know, joking about that, but, um, you know, I mean, yeah, when it happens, if it happens, that'll be great. Um, the only thing you can do is really put yourself, you know, in, in, in position where you're in the playoffs, uh, team is healthy. And then, you know, you let the things fall where they may. And when, whenever it happens, it happens. And, you know, all you can do is just, give yourself as many chances on a year in year out basis. Steve, you talked earlier about your learning curve that you've been learning how to do this job. Uh, obviously we're talking to you from your office in Stanford. You have a, a pretty important day job that I'm sure occupies a lot of your time. I think your fan base is interested. What, what is a baseball day like? Is there such a thing as a typical baseball day? What do you dedicate to it? What interests you the most? Where do you apply yourself and your brain uh, to running the Mets on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, you know, I spent a lot of time, you know, you know, obviously doing my job during the day. and But there are lulls in the day. Like, you get into the middle of the day. Like, today, the Federal Reserve is going to decide their interest rate policy at 
at two o'clock. Well, it's gotten really quiet in the market, so I can do this podcast. You know, I might okay, and and, and I might lob in some uh, call to Billy Epler, just you know, my GM, just to uh, just to poke his brain on something and or something I've thought of. And then uh, you know, from the business side, I'm always talking to my revenue people, my uh, uh, marketing people. You know, I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of the marketing side because. You know, I, I'll call the uh, my marketing guy. I go, I got a really dumb idea, and like really dumb. And he'll go, okay, well, they're not always so dumb. And, uh, and so the other day I called him one. He goes, that's the best idea you've had yet. And so we're now trying to, you know, think it out and execute. I'm not going to divulge what it is. And, um, but um, yeah, so I mean, you know, this is kind of fun. It's all fun. And, and it, it taps into my creative side. Um, and, and, uh, so, uh, but the, you know, the reality is that, you know, I still got a day job and, and I'm the CEO of, of a hedge fund running $28 billion. And so, uh, now the good part is, you know, my kids are grown and, uh, they're out of the house. So, you know, if I, if I had my kids around, it would have been really difficult to do everything, but they're much older now. So I have, I have more time. And, and so, you know, I have the ability and baseball tends to happen after the market closes, you know, if they're playing. And uh, so, you know, it kind of dovetails well one one with the other. You know, I think uh, I have a more specific question uh, pertaining to what's going on with the team right now. And I don't know if you read the post, I think it was yesterday. I suggested that you go out and get Edwin's brother, Alexis Diaz, who's a really good pitcher with the Reds, who probably aren't going anywhere this year. I think Joel and I probably don't agree on this. And I don't think your front office sees it my way either. My fear would be to waste that $364 million team and it is a really good team by not having that closer situation solidified i'd rather give up a prospect i understand that your team is wants to be more protective of the prospects than it was previously i mean is there any consideration of going out and get somebody but i mean i think alexis diaz would be such a great story and he did limit batters to 131 batting average last year so he would be a great. I know there aren't a lot of trades this time of year, but that's one I'd love to see happen. I guess you're protective of the prospects, though. Well, to answer. You know, we, we don't we don't want to d- disappoint you, John. Uh, <laughs> um, um, you know, you know, and when you get into a situation like this, I think I think it's you know I think you stay calm. You don't overreact. Uh, I think if you do, I think you know have a tendency to make mistakes or overpay for. For you know somebody, I mean, uh, you know, we're going to assess the people we have. You know, we have some reasonably good depth, and and uh, you know, my guess is we're going to uh, get into the season, see 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 what's going on, and then make decisions at some point. Um, and uh, I mean, listen, it's a long season, and opportunities come up along the way, and uh, I think that's how we're going to approach it. So, uh, um, you know, if, if we need to fill a hole, we'll fill it. And, uh, but I don't see a need to overreact. Yeah. Uh, you notice John only asked one question when he was auditioning for assistant GM there, you know, that was, uh, uh, <laughs> that, 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 that was an interesting moment. Uh, Steve, that, you, might, that, might have, that might've been an anomaly. Yes. <laughs> it was fair. Don't use big words with John, like anomaly either. Anyway, uh, you, you were recently, uh, in Japan. Uh, during the WBC. And I wonder, do you find, uh, so, so you went there. I'm assuming it has something to do with your day job. Are you able to do 
met business now when you travel someplace like that? Are you trying to open up a marketplace both for business and for players for yourself when you're over there? Well, you know, I, I had an offsite for my Asian and investing personnel in Kyoto. And so I combined it with uh, a father-daughter trip, invited, you know, two of my daughters and we, they, they came to Tokyo and Kyoto. And so, um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, I'm there. I mean, it was, it was, it was for business. I was able to go to a, a, a game and I had never seen a game in Japan. And uh, it was really fun to be in Tokyo Dome and, and, you know, listening to the fans and, you know, the excitement. And, and uh, so I went and saw a really good game too. So, uh, um, and uh, so, you know, it, there's no, was no intent to mix Mets and, and uh, it was really there for my, uh, my kids and my, uh, my hedge fund. And so, um, um, but, you know, I listen, Japan is just a phenomenal place. I just love, I've been there before. And, uh, you know, the cities work, right? I mean, the, you know, the traffic works. I mean, the food's great. Um, and um, the culture is so fascinating. And so it was a great trip. I'm with you on Japan. I've, now I've got the question that uh, all Mets fans are really interested in. And that is about Pete Alonso. Uh, I think your front office has done a good job. We talked about inflation. Uh, your deals, while not bargains, uh, seem rather logical or even reasonable. Uh, recently for Nimmo, for uh, Verlander, all the big deals that you made. Quintana, unfortunately, hurt now. Pete Alonso, you got McNeil done. Uh, you got Lindor done, which actually looks like a pretty good deal now. It looked a little high at the moment, but, but looks uh, like you were – uh, thinking around along the right lines there. Is Alonzo not getting done? Is he not signed because of all of the inflation out there and, you know, the tax that you guys would have to pay? Or is he rethinking it? Is he saying to himself, look at all these deals? You know, he led the league in RBIs. He's a fantastic slugger and, uh, you know, obviously a terrific all-around guy and player. Um, you know, why hasn't that deal happened? Yeah, listen, Pete's a great guy and a great Met and uh, really important to the team. And, um, you know, I mean, generally we don't comment on these type of conversations. And, uh, you know, if there's a, a deal to be made, it'll be made at the right time. And, you know, I'll rely on my baseball people to make those recommendations. Have you tried? I should ask you, follow up. Did you try? Did you make an offer to him at some point? Well, I mean, you know, at the right time, we'll, you know, have those conversations and, you know, we're, we're you know, we're, we're talking uh, in, you know, in general, but, um, you know, it's, it, it, it comes down to, you know, at the right time, you know, we'll probably sit down and, and have those conversations. Uh, you mentioned your baseball people. John mentioned uh, the deals you got done uh, this offseason. Uh, Billy Epler's now been on the job for over a year. You mentioned talking to him. How do you assess he's done? And how do you go through an assessment besides wins and losses to determine if your your head of baseball operations is doing a good job? You know, listen, I mean, when you when you have a head of baseball, at least the way I look at it is this is a longer term evaluation, right? I mean, um, Billy just got in a year ago. You know, we're trying to build a farm system. We're trying to build the processes within the farm system. 
so that we can have sustainable success. And that takes time. You got to get the right people in, you got the right technology, right people in place. And I actually think we're making significant progress. So, you know, results will come from good processes and, you know, good uh, selection of personnel. Um, and, 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 you know, so that evaluation happens over time. And, and, but, you know, Billy and I have a great relationship. Uh, I speak to them all, almost every day. I love the fact that, you know, when I ask a question, he gives me a really informed answer. He, you know, he keeps me in the loop and uh, he's open to my ideas. He's very creative himself. Um, and so uh, it's, it's really been a, a really good working relationship. I know I think the Mets did a lot of great things this winter. And I want to ask you about the one great thing that they almost did, which is Carlos Correa. Uh, it seemed it was fascinating how that deal went down. It seemed like it went down with you and Scott Boris doing the deal. You were in Hawaii at the time and did it rather quickly. And um, I had it. I, the thing I never understood is how did you find out so quickly? I was like, I mean, like the deal was done within like, um, and then I got a call from you within five minutes. I mean, that was that a world record? No, I, I doubt that. I'm sure that, uh, you know, Joel's probably beaten that record. But uh, Especially, you know, for you in the middle of the night, I mean, how did yeah, that? Well, I, you know, it was still at five minutes. I was, you know, it was. Uh... Were you dreaming this? <laughs> By the way, this is the scary part of the podcast where we realize you're asking better questions than us. Steve. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not that's, good. That's not really good for our reputations. All of a sudden, the table's Yes. <laughs> I was anticipating, but now I'm disappointed to know that I let five you minutes talk about lapse. predicting the future. I mean, it was remarkable how you were able to figure that out. It was it was anticipation. Anyway, it seemed like a very interesting and quick negotiation. And, you know, are you disappointed in the end result? And, uh, you know, I, a lot of people are, I see on Twitter saying, you know, that your relationship with Scott Boris might be affected. And obviously this is important because he, he still has a lot of big clients. So wondering if you could address all those issues. Yeah. How many questions were there? I think there are only three. I limited it to three, but I noticed Joel asks multiple questions as well. And... <laughs> oh, but, the, but the questions don't have opinions in them. And I, I get to the point. So. Okay. So, um, yeah, listen, I mean, I have a good relationship with Scott and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, he was doing what's best for his client. And and uh, um, so, um, listen, I, you know, we, we did our best to try to figure out a way to make it work. And I just personally came to the conclusion I couldn't make it work. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I, 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 as a hedge fund manager, I manage risk. And uh, I just felt in this case, you know, when you're dealing with unquantifiable risk. And listen, I, I fully expect... Carlos to have a phenomenal season this season. And I hope he does. And, uh, but, you know, I just decided, you know, based on doing my work that, um, you know, this was a risk I didn't feel like taking. And uh, that was my personal decision. And so, um, and I guess I could easily be proved wrong and, and I hope he has a great career. And, 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 but that was the decision I made. You know, he ended up getting a shorter deal the 200 million for six years. Was that it a lot of people were suggesting, well, why didn't the Mets just match that? That's certainly a lot less, fewer years and less dollars. Would would that have been a um, tax issue at that point, though, at $34 million a year instead of the original $25 million? Was that the issue with the six for 200, or did they not even come back at that? 
Well, I think there were a number of issues. And, uh, you know, obviously I talked about the potential risk I might be taking. Uh, obviously, that would have been a shorter term contract, but, you know, done it in perhaps a different way from an AAV than, you know, we were originally thinking about. So, um, and, uh, you know, and then, um, you know, it really came down to um, we made him an offer. Someone made him a better offer. And then that's that's where it ended. And, you know, listen, I, I hope he has a phenomenal year and a phenomenal career. He's a good guy. Uh, Steve, as to, to wrap this up, I wonder from hearing your questions to John, maybe we've just blown this. Maybe, maybe what 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 would Steve Cohn ask Steve Cohn right now to wrap it up? What 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 are we missing about you or your team this year, or what's on the docket? I don't know. What would you ask me? I mean, I I think that um, you know, sort of how how I've evolved as an owner from year one to go for it. I'd love to know how have you evolved as an owner since year one. You know, listen, I think, you know, uh, I think I'm getting much more knowledgeable, um, you know, maybe uh, you know, understanding, you know, there there's a certain amount of luck, certain amount of things happen, happen with Edwin Diaz, right? I mean, you know, injuries can play a part, you know, sometimes things don't always go the way you want it to go. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, but, you know, I don't think – my my overall view being very fan centric, you know, trying to engage the fans, um, trying to think about new ways to make going to the ballpark exciting, fun, um, and um, you know I'm, I'm a you know I, I'm a creative, progressive thinker, and hopefully I can impart some of that on the on sort of the baseball ecosystem, and um, uh, yeah, so you know. Uh, if, if some people believe the owners are a little upset with me from a payroll point of view, I take a different point of view and say, you know, this is a long-term uh, commitment on my part and, uh, you know, be evaluated over long-term as far as what I can contribute to the sport. Well, Steve, uh, we appreciate you joining us. We've, le we've learned a lot. You probably ask better questions than me and John. That's embarrassing the problem is i answer the i answer my questions I'm yes gonna... yes and john didn't really answer yours so when you have your podcast i can't wait for one or both of us to be a guest <laughs> you, know, you know what they call that return sir yes and we've also learned that your five-year uh, plan has become the winner for ralph right your father-in-law so absolutely so uh steve we really do uh we know that your day job is busy and we do appreciate you joining us and uh we hope you have a great successful season thanks a lot thanks steve i'll see you guys soon now's the time to save 30 percent on wedding jewelry only on bluenile.com make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands all hand finished and graded for excellence or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings blue niles jewelry experts are available 24 7 to help from fit questions to style advice right now get up to 30 percent off at bluenile.com bluenile.com think you know the brooks ghost think again Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. 
Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. John, time for hit or error. Which one you got this week? Well, I think the WBC was the big hit. So I got I got to give it a hit. I do have a couple of quibbles, and one of them is about our starting pitching. I give credit to all the guys who did show, particularly Wainwright, who ramped it up to 89 miles an hour and got out of a bases loaded, nobody out jam in the first inning and helped us uh, get through that uh, semifinal round. Uh, but uh, I'd like to see uh, the United States get more pitchers to the next one to 2026. And I don't think it's about MLB. I think it's about just the mindset of a lot of the American pitchers. Look, uh, there were a lot of MLB star pitchers. They just weren't on our team. Uh, you know, you Darvish played obviously for Japan. Otani played for Japan. Alcantara played uh, for uh, Dominican uh, you had Urias playing for Mexico, uh, but none of our top 10 starting pitchers were there. So I would like, that's my wish. It's a hit overall, but my wish is that we get some of the top, top starters uh, there at the WBC. Maybe after watching it and seeing how exciting it was, maybe some of them will decide to go. I understand that there's an injury question and it's a big deal. It's a lot of money, but uh I'd love to see some of our top 10 pitchers uh, pitching for Team USA. Yeah, uh, John, I, I wonder this. Do you think more of, of the U.S. pitchers would play if the tournament was exclusively held starting maybe now? Closer, where they're ramped up to 65, 75, 85 pitches, and they feel like they then just starting like a game for the season. I wonder if we should change the schedule a little and get it closer to the season. For my hit... I'm going to go, you know, it's interesting to see how much Steve Cohn enjoys owning the Mets. Like, I think all Mets fans have enjoyed him owning the Mets because of how much money he is putting into this. I think it's kind of interesting. He talked a lot about his growth uh, as an owner. He's clearly a very bright guy who has the ability to do this. And it's kind of interesting. He really does seem to love doing this. Yeah, I love the fact that he's out there and he's willing to do our podcast. Twice he's done it now, and uh, he's willing to answer just about any question. I think the Alonzo one was a little sensitive, probably, but he answered basically every question and with good humor. And I, I certainly like the kibitzing and uh, and uh, the, the the rips on me. I enjoy that. So uh, I got to give him credit. Uh, he got me a few times and... Uh, you know, let's extend an invitation to Hal Steinbrenner to do this as well. But uh, oh, I've extended an invitation to Hal Steinbrenner. Obviously, Steve Cohn's an unusual owner that's going to put in the time, take time out of the trading day. When it's a big day. I know he joked about oh, he had a lull in the trading day. It's a big day today. I, I saw CNBC with the interest rate, and he came out on our podcast. So uh, I'm with you on that. That was a very good positive hit from, from you, Joel. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I'm sure that Steve Cohn will come up as a uh, question for us next Tuesday, March 28th, when we have the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manford, as a special guest live show from the Ainsworth in Midtown. That's 33 East 45th Street. Uh, it's 6 p.m. Uh, that's when we're beginning the Q&A. So you probably want to get there a little earlier than that. Thank you for listening to the show. It's a podcast from the New York Post. Thanks, as always, to Jake Brown and Andrew Hartz for producing the show and getting us through. Don't forget, Thursday noon this week, this will drop on the Yes app. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Give, give us a five-star rating. That will keep the uh, 
the lights on here hopefully for a while and we could have Steve Cohn as a guest for the third time. And uh, when we do this show next, we'll be a couple of days from opening day. So stick with us on the show with Joel Sherman and John Hayden.